Hello, everyone. I'm Blake Farha, and I'm Jasmine. And this is "See You in Sleep County," a podcast where we tell bedtime stories written for adults. And these stories are so very special because they come from the journals of Jasmine and are written and adapted to be whimsical tales to help whisk you away into a night of wonderful, restful slumber. Although, Jazz, recently I found out that some people have been listening to this podcast. Not while they're going to sleep, but while they're commuting or while they're going to work, and I was actually kind of shocked by that. I I'd never thought of people listening to our little podcast this way. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah, you mentioned recently that somebody reached out to you、uh, and told you they were listening while they were painting. Is that right? That's right. Somebody mentioned they were listening while while they were painting. Another person mentioned to a friend of mine that they were listening on their bike ride home from work, and I was. I have to admit, I was so touched because this person apparently got off her bike and continued the rest of the the commute walking because she wanted to enjoy the podcast more thoroughly, which really made my heart very glad. Wow! Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, my my chest is swelling at the thought. That's really lovely. I think this is something I, I really appreciate because,、um, you know, obviously I put a lot of a lot of work and a lot of myself into into writing the stories.、Um, And you know, of course, they're designed to bring people to sleep. But yeah, if you're falling asleep, you know, halfway halfway through the story, it means you're you're missing a lot of it. So I'm very very happy to hear that some people are, yeah, also listening in their waking hours and and enjoying the story in full.、Mm, and maybe we'll explore reading、uh, a second version of these stories,、uh, uh, a version that's for daytime, you know, but also for keeping people relaxed and just people who want to enjoy a good story. That way, we can make sure they hear. All of your beautiful words, Jazz.、Mm, yeah, I think it's、um, yeah, it's been really nice to see how this podcast is is evolving a little bit, and also, yeah, always to see how our listeners are are using the, the the stories or how they're enjoying the stories. It's nice to have that kind of feedback loop of、um, mm. yeah, listening to listening to our listeners, so to speak. Listening to our listeners, exactly, and、uh, we would actually love to hear from our listeners. I don't think we have ever really encouraged it actively on this podcast, but if you're listening and you feel like you'd like to send us a little message to tell us what you think, or tell us ways that we can improve our podcast, or ways that you enjoy the podcast, it would genuinely brighten these two souls' days so so very much. I, I'm speaking for you, Jazz, but I feel I know you well enough that I I feel like it's okay in this instance. Yeah, absolutely. You read my mind, and I think as well. And、uh, and you know, while we're on the subject, if you're enjoying "See You in Sleep County,"、uh, we would really love it if you'd tell a friend about it.、Um, maybe mention to them that you're listening to this podcast and that you really enjoy it in whatever way that you enjoy it, whatever capacity it serves you, and spread the word a little bit because it really makes our heart glad to know that people are enjoying the work that we're putting out there. So. And maybe who knows? Maybe someone you know is having trouble sleeping, and you didn't even know about it. But you can share this podcast with them and give them the gift of a good night's sleep. And what better gift is there, really, besides a fluffy puppy? <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a fluffy puppy to give your friends, then give them see you in sleep county instead. <laughs> it'll it'll absolutely brighten their day. Guaranteed. Wonderful, and it'll certainly brighten ours. Oh, thank、mm, you so much,、yeah. but but thank you genuinely to all of you who are listening. It really means a lot, and it touches our hearts every every time we see that our episodes are being heard. We decided we wanted to allow people to support this podcast and support this beautiful budding idea by creating a Patreon. 
So if you'd like to support this little podcast in continuing to grow and to develop for as little as two euros a month, we'll give you a shout out in the opening credits of the podcast, in our social media posts, and in the descriptions of the episode for all new supporters of CU in Sleep County. For as little as five euro a month, we'll email you a PDF download of all the bedtime stories we've told this month so that you can pick up reading where you last dozed off. And you'll be entered into a raffle to win a free copy of my brand new book, Lost on the Way, a journal from the Camino de Santiago. For 15 euros per month, you'll get all of the benefits of the other tiers, as well as being invited to the Sleep County Town Hall, which will be a monthly Ask Me Anything with Blake and I, as well as a live reading. So you're essentially getting an extra episode of Sleep County per month. And as well, you'll be invited to have a one-on-one interview with me, which means I'll take a little part of your life, a little moment, a little memory, and turn it into an episode of Sleep County so that you can really become part of the podcast itself. So if you're interested in supporting this podcast and becoming a part of Sleep County, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash see you in Sleep County. And you can become a part of Sleep County and sit back and watch as it blooms right before your very eyes. Yeah, I think this is something really beautiful about supporting small makers because literally every single person that, you know, listens to your podcast or reads your book or buys your products is, is really, it, it makes an impact. I think it's, mm. yeah, it's, I think it's such a beautiful sort of personal experience of satisfaction and pride and achievement that comes from just reaching one person you know one more person so we we really do pay attention and and count every listener and (laughs) check in to see who's listening you know a couple of times a week and um yeah every time i mean personally every time i see that that number go up it's it brings a smile to my face to know that we're we're reaching people so yeah to those of you listening Thank you so much for supporting our work. Mm. It, it really does mean a lot to us. It means more than you know. If you could see my smile, if I smiled any bigger right now, I think my ears would fall off my head. <laughs> <laughs> so Jazz, tell us about what mm. we'll be reading our, our listeners tonight. Yeah, so tonight is um, it's a really lovely, simple story from uh, back in the, the winter of 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, this was when I was still living in Australia. And um, the story is just the tale of one night spent on a beautiful mountain called Mount Tambourine. And this mountain is actually right next door to the little mountain village where I grew up. And I have very, very fond memories of this place. So there's a lot of, a lot of love and familiarity in this story. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go into it a bit more, Blake, when you read the story. But to those of you listening... Um, and perhaps to those of you listening who are featured in the story, I don't know if anybody is, but I would love I would love to think that the people that I'm writing about are hearing their own stories read back to them. Um, I hope you enjoy tonight's tale and that it whisks you away into a relaxing state, whether that's sleeping or waking. Uh, either way, I'll see you eventually, I'm sure, in Sleep County. Thank you so very much, Jazz. As we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you found that perfect spot nestled among the covers, take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air falling into your belly and chest as you breathe in 
effortlessly. And as you breathe out, imagine the breath falling out of you again. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you gently supporting your body. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, allow them to go slack. Let the muscles in your arms, shoulders, and chest relax. Now move your attention to your belly, your lower back, and let them sink into the mattress. Release any tightness in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. And enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation. Your body totally at ease. And now, for tonight's story. Midnight on the Mountain by Jazz Meyer The sound of laughter and chatter danced around me as I sat, amidst new friends and old, soaking in the sweet green smell of earth and grass. The picnic blankets spread out beneath me, soft to the touch, conjuring up the warm and cozy sensation of huddling up against a cool winter's evening. Already the sun was beginning to set, and Renee, Ducky, Sophie, Dave and I had chosen this spot just to watch the sky turn red with the fading sun. Out here on Mount Tambourine, the sky stretched out wide, the clear mountain air coursing through our lungs and filling us with the freshness of the impending night. I had come out here from the suburbs with Renee and Ducky for a taste of nature, a novel adventure, and to nurture the burgeoning friendships we had formed with Sophie and Dave. As we sat there, on the outskirts of Dave's vast country property, I smiled at the simplicity of an afternoon spent just watching the sunset. Earlier that day, the two locals had brought us to their secret waterfall, laughing as we timidly approached the freezing mountain water with city-slicker apprehension. Renee and Ducky had braved the depths while I was content to watch, laughing at their vivid exclamations of surprise. The waterfall itself had been gorgeous, a cascade of icy water coursing down smooth, mossy stone, causing all manner of tropical plants to spring up around the pool that gathered at its feet. Now, dry and cozy, with the last of the sun's rays warming our skin, we had the whole night ahead of us. I craned my head back, letting it rest against the tips of my shoulder blades. The powder blue sky above and behind me still held the brightness of the day, and as I lifted my head once more, it shifted, sliding seamlessly into the pinks and oranges of the setting sun. There were no clouds that night, and the sky absorbed all the colors of the fading light, scattering them evenly across the heavens that stretched out above us. A perfect gradient ending in the glowing orb that rested now on the brink of the horizon. As it slid further down, the air turned chilly, and we each wrapped ourselves in the layers we'd brought with us. My woolen beanie I pulled down over my curly brown hair, 
and immediately felt the cozy warmth that it offered. Around me, my hoodie, along with a blanket kindly provided by Dave, kept me warm against the impending cold of the night. Before the last of the light disappeared, we were bidden to collect firewood for the blaze that would keep us warm that night. By the house, a pile of chopped logs awaited us, and we carried them over to our little spot, eager for the warmth that they would fuel. From the outskirts of the landing, we collected smaller branches and twigs, tinder and kindling. In a long-used circle of stones blackened with fires past, Dave expertly piled up the materials, starting with the dry grass kindling, then a few tiny twigs, before working his way up and up to the bigger branches. With the sharp scrape and clink of a lighter, he set the grass ablaze, and we watched as it spread through the fuel to ignite a glowing fire in the hearth. The wood crackled and hissed as trapped pockets of air and moisture expanded and escaped under the heat of the flames. We huddled around, drawing close to the blaze, piling the logs on now and watching the orange glow flick at the edges of our circle. My frozen fingers and toes were grateful for the warmth, and I stretched them toward the fire, as close as I could safely reach them. This was another thing I loved about country life. The simple joy of a bonfire on a cold night, shared with good company under a starry sky. I watched the bright orange light dancing through the wood, causing it to glow of its own accord, the flames spreading patiently through each branch until they became only embers themselves. Fire had the remarkable ability to transform, transmogrify. It was alchemy in progress, and we each watched intently, entranced by the magic of the flames. As the night wore on, the sky above turned black, and the stars that had been hidden by the brazenness of the sun now appeared gloriously against the inky heavens. The Milky Way stretched out grandly from horizon to horizon, reminding us of our place in the universe. The chatter continued, filling the night air and mingling with the song of cicadas that drifted out from the grasses that surrounded our little island of blankets. I loved the countryside, the scent of grass and earth and wood smoke, the silence of the surroundings, the vastness of the open sky, and, having grown up in the neighboring mountain, this place felt much like home. There was a certain familiarity that I felt here, a familiarity that extended to Sophie and Dave, too, and the mountain child inside of me beamed at the homeliness of this place. There was also something about mountain folk that inspired comfort and belonging. It was a matter of trust, I thought. Walking through the town earlier that day, we had chanced upon a council notice that urged people to start locking their cars when leaving them unattended. Apparently, the townspeople never thought it a necessity, and it was this kind of neighborly confidence that made my heart swell any time I visited a small mountain town like the one I grew up in. Dave and Sophie likewise extended this country hospitality toward us, and the three of us had felt at home from the moment we had arrived. Beside me, I heard Sophie's voice lilting through the conversation, a hint of excitement in her words. 
She was saying something about sparklers, and before I knew it, she had disappeared and returned again with the familiar yellow boxes I remembered from my childhood. We each eagerly reached forward to take hold of a sparkler or four, and with wide and mischievous grins, thrust their ends into the waning fire. Soon we were each holding a crackling handful of bright light, exploding second by second at our fingertips. In the darkness of the night, we ran around waving our sparklers through the air, watching the light trail through the blackness like the tail of some exotic fish dancing in the depths of the sea. The sound of our laughter filled the space, soaking into the grass, wrapping around the tree trunks, scattering through the leaves, floating up to the stars that watched us with an amused indifference. I was transported back into a state of childlike glee, reveling in the simplicity of frivolous play. Sophie, with her talent for capturing the world through a lens, pulled out the camera she'd brought with her, and before I knew it, we were staging long-exposure photos, waving our sparklers wildly for the camera to capture. Each of us took a portrait of sorts, our bodies obscured entirely by the glowing trail of light the sparklers cast, save for perhaps a foot or a shoulder peeking out from behind the trail of flame. Someone suggested a group shot, and we lined up side by side, waiting for that little blinking red light to go off before we burst into our sparkling revelry. We danced, twisting and turning, drawing loops, squiggles, spirals and lines through the air before us until either the sparklers ran out or the photo did. Gathering round the camera afterward, we inspected our handiwork. Five separate bundles of shimmering light staring back at us from the screen. Each one was unique, an expression of our bodies, of our subconscious minds. A memory to cherish. We laughed and pointed, enjoying the magic of the camera, its ability to condense time into one frozen image. Around me the conversation had been injected with a jolt of excited energy. In the distance, the familiar pop and crackle of fireworks had broken the serenity of the night. Down on the other side of the mountain, nestled in the valley, the Canungra annual fair was in motion. Dave moved first, eagerly calling us to join him. There was a lookout, he said, on the edge of his land, and we followed him eagerly, piling into his four-wheel drive to catch a glimpse of the mayhem that was happening below. Out here, on the private tracks of his property, we were free to ignore the rules that governed the roads of the general populace. I took the opportunity to sit in the open window, feet resting on the back seat, hands holding onto the roof racks. Ducky had the same idea, standing on the step that offered access into the vehicle, hanging onto the window frame beside me. Behind the wheel, Dave took advantage of our precarious positions, skimming the nearby thistle bushes and forcing Ducky to jump and dodge, hanging on for dear life. The car was awash with that carefree, belly-rich laughter that comes from mixing humor with exhilaration by the time we arrived at the lookout. Out here, the murky darkness of the night was suddenly ablaze with an array of colors, pink and green, yellow and orange splayed out like flowers blossoming in the sky. I loved to catch the tiny pinprick of light that shot up from the ground, watching it trail through the air before exploding in a rich fountain of color. We stared in awe, 
watching the show unfold before us until, eventually, the last crackles died down and the night was left as silent as before. It was late by now, well past midnight, but none of us were tired, and we clambered back into the four-wheel drive to dodge more thistles on the way back to our cozy fireplace. On the drive, though, Sophie and Dave had a bright idea. There was a tradition, they said, unique to Tambourine Mountain. A tradition that would solidify this night as a typical night in this little country town. In the village, there was a bakery that opened at midnight, baking in preparation for the day ahead, and taking a mission there was part of every mountain kid's life. The rest of us were eager, being swept away in that endless energy that comes from a new adventure and we diverted our path toward the town to partake in the quaint tradition that was being thrust upon us. Upon reaching the road proper, we tucked ourselves back into the vehicle, our lawless joyride over for now, but the winding mountain roads made us appreciate the relative safety of the cabin, and, squashed in the back there, we were cozy once again. Outside, in the pitch black of the night, there was no moon only the scattering of stars that turned slowly in the heavens. Soon, Dave pulled up to the town center, the stars giving way to a few lone streetlights whose illumination barely touched the darkness. It was quiet here, the tiny center of a small mountain town being devoid of human activity this late at night. The ever-present cicadas still serenaded us as we walked through the solitude of the street toward the lone point that heralded any waking movement. There, like a glowing oasis, the bakery shone its warm light out into the black. We approached the counter with eyes wide, seeking for the midnight delicacies we had been promised. I could see why this was a tradition. There was something surreal about this venture. Something askew about a middle-of-the-night transaction against the backdrop of a sleeping country town. The bakers were still drowsy with sleep, their movements slow and listless. But they packaged up the pastries we ordered, delivering them into our hands in their cozy brown paper wrappings. Our mission complete, we strolled a little through the quiet streets, eagerly unwrapping our freshly baked goods and talked between bites of flaky pastry and warm fillings. The coziness of that experience warmed us against the cold night and fulfilled the promise of a traditional tambourine mountain experience. Sophie and Dave caught clandestine glimpses of us happily munching away on our midnight snacks, and I like to think they were as pleased with our wonder as we were. The charm of this mountain town had delivered, and, if only for a night, Renee, Ducky, and I were a part of it. That was Midnight on the Mountain, written by the one and only Jazz Meyer. If you're still awake, I hope you enjoyed this delightful story, and I hope you're feeling rested and ready for a night of sweet slumber. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of See You in Sleep County. There will be so many more to come, and we look forward to telling you more bedtime stories to help you rest, relax, and sleep easy. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you a good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County.